Welcome to another round of Drawing Board or Miro Board. Today we discuss technical diagramming with systems architect Maya. Let's go. First question. You've spent 10 hours slogging over a sequence diagram that should have taken five. Drawing Board or Miro Board? Drawing Board. And if I'm being honest, Miro would probably cut that time down by half. You know, with its AI tools and ready-to-go templates. Next, your diagrams become so bulky, it's more complex than the solar system. But all it takes is a few clicks and... It's Miro. I've used those technical shape packs way too many times. And stuff is just digestible on its infinite online canvas. Now, the final question. Everyone's brought in. But you have to make all these tasks all the way over in Jira. But wait, it's done. Is it... Miro. Easy with its two-way Jira sync. Easy to plot dependencies. Everyone always knows what's up. And she's done it. Join over 60 million people creating technical diagrams without workflow glitches. Get your first three boards for free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. O-G. Make some noise! How you doing, everyone? I'm Russ Solberg, and I want you all to listen up and get a load of this. Today, we're going to deal with racism, stupidity, and just simply being out of touch with no better example than that of Richard Carranza, Chancellor of New York City Schools. So like I said, listen up, because you're really, I mean really going to want to get a load of this. All right, folks, if you've listened to me on uh, several previous podcasts, you're by now well aware of my total disdain for New York City Schools Chancellor Richard Carranza. And it all began for me last year when uh, he announced his plans to do away with the specialized high school admissions test, claiming that it's racist. Well, we're talking about terrific schools like Brooklyn Tech my alma mater, Bronx High School of Science, and Stuyvesant. There are other schools as well. Those are the big three. I myself, like I say, I'm a proud graduate of Brooklyn Tech, class of 69. Now, Mr. Larry Carey, an attorney, is also a proud graduate of Brooklyn Tech, class of 70, I believe. And like many of us, the spirit of Brooklyn Tech has stayed with Larry all these years, so much so that uh, he's the president of the Brooklyn Tech Alumni Association, which is just, you've never seen a high school with a better alumni association, that I can tell you. So without further ado, let me please welcome in Larry Carey. Thanks for being with us, Larry. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you, Russ. Happy to be here. Good. I'm glad. Well, listen, Larry, you and I have had conversations. Um, I've made my presence, you know, my feelings felt. But you're the head of um, the Brooklyn Tech Alumni Association, and I know you've been very involved in this explain to the people if you will and you know i i've said it in the past you know he's claiming it's it's racist uh there there's over 60 percent asians uh populate the schools and there's got to be more uh blacks and hispanics 
your thoughts on this whole situation of doing away with the specialized test? Well, Russ, uh, we believe, we continue to believe that the test is the best, most objective and fair mechanism for selecting students for these schools. Um, It's racially blind. It is uh, tested by the company that makes the test to make sure that each question doesn't exhibit a bias on the basis of race or ethnicity or gender. Um, And 28,000 kids sit for it each year. Uh, It's highly competitive, as there are only 3,500 spots. 5,000 offers are made, but that's done because they understand that 1,500 kids or so will decline the offer and go to one of the other very good schools that New York City has. We're not the only schools in town, we're the, uh, but we are the schools that limit admission to simply performance on a test. The other academically high-performing schools use multiple criteria, most of which are um, subjective to select a class that uh, does very well in those schools. Um, and But we believe we want our schools to continue to be uh, gateways to uh, people regardless of anything else. Now, Larry, yeah, l- l- yeah. L- let me ask you this. I, I, correct me if I'm, I'm wrong. I said I graduated in 69. You're a graduate of in 70 of Brooklyn Tech, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Uh, when we went to school, uh, I know when I went to school, I had plenty of black classmates who, you know, b- became very good friends. Um, and, and, um, the one thing all of us, all of us, white, black, yellow, brown, pink, blue, the one thing that we all had in common, I've always said this, none of us came from a family, for lack of a better term, who had a pot to piss in. Really. I I mean, everybody, (laughs) am I right? Everybody, this is a podcast, so I can say that. Everybody was low income. Everybody came from pretty much a low income family. And it enabled us to, to, you know, for us to become middle class or even upper middle class or got for a few well to do and, and, you know, raise our families that way. But we all came from nothing. And, and to me, that was the common bond. It, it wasn't about color or religion. The common bond was we came from the same, you know, economic, socioeconomic background. And that was a real bond that tied us together. That, to me, was the most important thing. And what we achieved, we achieved together. And to me, they're taking that away or trying to take it away. Brooklyn Tech and the other specialized schools have historically been schools for the children of working class, immigrant, and low-wage families. Um, and that continues today, even um, with the, in the current climate. Uh, 60, 66% of Brooklyn Tech's kids qualify for free or subsidized lunch, hmm. which is the federal metric for measuring poverty in educational circles. The uh, Historically, when you and I were uh, students at Brooklyn Tech, the school was populated predominantly by the children of immigrants from Europe, the post-World War II, the post-Holocaust. Yes. Uh, populations 
the children of those groups were the predominant group at uh, Brooklyn Tech. If you went forward to the 1980s, late 70s, 80s, 90s, uh, Brooklyn Tech happened to be a majority uh, black and Latino during that 20-year period. And those were kids from, uh, again, families who had immigrated from uh, the Caribbean area, area, uh, from Spanish-speaking, French-speaking, and English-speaking countries. Today, uh, the schools happen to be predominantly Asian, and it's the same phenomena. They're the children of immigrant families from what we call Asia, or Asian Americans, but in fact are, you know, 15, 20 different countries with, you know, a huge multiplicity of religions and languages and cultures. But it's still, it's still fundamentally the children for immigrant uh, families. And that's true today. I like to say at uh, homecoming once a year, we have, uh, you know, we have anniversary classes. And Mm -hmm. I like to say that uh, Brooklyn Tech is the oldest, uh, most successful anti-poverty program in the city of New York, and it gets a huge cheer because when you're out 20 and 30 and 40 and 50 years, you, you, you begin to understand what tech did for you. And in fact, it did. It took kids from very, very poor backgrounds and equipped them to go to good colleges, and, but more importantly, to, to do well in life because it trained people how to critically think, how to cooperate with others. Um, you know, these, these are remarkable schools. They're not, they're not schools for every kid in New York City. Um, there are 14 Nobel Prize winners between the three original schools. That's more than most nations have. Uh, Brooklyn Tech, which I'm most familiar with, we helped put man on the moon, and we helped him come back alive in very direct ways. We, uh, we, our graduates invented the digital camera, played instrumental roles in the development of computers, uh, the GPS, um, you name it. I mean, so that, you know, these are highly motivated, well-prepared kids um, who, uh, who deserve to get into schools like this. So what, what, do you, what do you say, Larry, to the thought that, you know, if I was an Asian parent, I would, you know, the way Carranza is couching this, if I was an Asian, uh, an, an Asian parent, I would have no other choice but to say this is a blatantly bigoted attack against me and, and my potential, my, my children's potential that you're trying to take away because his complaint is that it's something like almost 60% Asian in in uh, these schools and, and uh, you know, X amount of white and, and, I don't know, 10 or 12%, 60%, whatever it is, of black and Hispanic. What, what's your thoughts on that? Well, there are significant numbers in the Asian community that, that feel exactly that way. The pending bill, which Carranza and Mayor de Blasio support, does a couple of things. It's intended to and does reduce the Asian population significantly in half uh, while increasing the number of blacks and Hispanics uh, who attend. Um, It also happens to discriminate against children uh, who are attending Catholic, Jewish, Muslim, and private secular schools because they're not included in the guaranteed admission. Mm -hmm. 
the 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 irony of of the approach is that it takes a highly competitive um, program and replaces it with a with a program that quote unquote guarantees admission to what they call the top seven percent of the middle schools. Right. The fact is that among the top seven percent of the middle schools, there are, according to the Office of Independent Budget. There are some 500 children who, within that group, have not performed proficient on the state assessment tests for math, <laughs> and, and many of them for English language arts as well. So the irony is that they, under the bill, they would be taking a, a system which really only admits children who perform the very best on a very competitive, tough test and replace it with a program that, in part, guarantees admission to 500 kids who can't do 7th grade math. Every kid at Brooklyn Tech, Stuyvesant, Bronx Science, is doing not 7th grade right. math or 8th grade math. Most of them are not doing ninth grade math. You're right. Um, many are doing 10th grade and 11th grade math in their freshman year. You're required to do college-level coursework from the very first day that you enter these schools and it's required. It's not like this is an honors program and some kids do that. Every single kid who goes to Brooklyn Tech is required to take and do well in advanced placement courses, which in many respects are just foundational for material that's even higher level that has no AP class um, uh, analog. Um, you know, I mean, Brooklyn Tech, for example, the students at Brooklyn Tech on average graduate with an SAT score that's 300 points higher than the national average. You go to Stuyvesant, the Bronx Science is closer to 400 points higher than the national average. Um, you know, these are schools for kids who need and expect and can do, you know, extremely difficult coursework at a rather young age. And it prepares them in ways that um, propels them to succeed in college and succeed in society uh, i just um, I, I just find larry that um the accusation if you will um the the accusation that uh it's racist is is, is a cover-up you know on Carranza's part and de blasio's part for that matter for the ineptitude uh and and the poor work that they're doing in their school system, like like you just brought out a point of the the seven percent. Let's let's take the top seven percent of the, all the kids from from the middle schools, and, and they get in. Well, if you're doing it that way, let's say you know that as you were talking about five hundred kids, not at, at such a, a, a specific level. You know, it doesn't mean that they're qualified. It just means they're the better of a poor lot. And that's, I don't care if it's black, white, blue, or green, it's just not fair. When this all went down a year ago, uh, there was a student, and I pulled it out, I looked it up, because I had cut it out last year. Her name was Ang Lewis. Uh, and I don't know if you remember reading it. It was in the Daily News. She, she wrote an op-ed. Um, she was a junior at last year uh, at, at Brooklyn Tech. She comes from Haitian immigrants and the reason she got into Brooklyn Tech 
she said, was because that in, in the sixth grade, a math teacher noticed her ability and suggested to her that she might get into one of these specialized schools, to which the young lady asked, what are you talking about? What specialized schools? So number one, she did not even know that these schools existed. So that's a failure on the New York City school system that she did not even know. Fortunately, this math teacher got her special help. She got accepted to Brooklyn. She passed the test. You know, for, you know, she took the prep work for a couple of years. Uh-huh. She passed the test. She's excelling at Brooklyn Tech. And, you know, she brought out a point. Yes, would I like to see more students looking like me? It, it was just a great... And, and it, the way she wrote it was perfect. She, she said, yes, I would. But at the same point, everybody who's getting in here is getting in here on their own merit, on their own hard work, on their own skill. Now, that's coming from the horse's mouth. I don't see... You know, to me, people like Carranza, and I'm not asking you to be as vociferous as I am, but for crying out loud, I I just think they're covering up for a piss-poor job that they're doing, and I think it's a disgrace. I think it's a disgrace to the kids in this city. In my opinion, the the focus on getting rid of the test is a cop-out. Right because of the problems that exist in the New York City school system. The reason why Brooklyn Tech, which is the largest high school in the country, not just the city, not just the state of New York, but the entire United States, we currently have 6,000 students. We're the largest high school, public high school in the entire nation. The reason we had a majority of students who are black and Latino for nearly 20 years We don't have any statistics that go older than 1976, so that's where we begin it. But from 1976 through 1994, a majority of the students at Brooklyn Tech were black and Latino. The reason for that is because if you go back in time, we had gifted and talented classes. We had enhanced educational opportunities in the black and the Latino community. We had what was called back then SP classes or SPE classes. They existed throughout the entire city of New York so that in seventh grade junior high school you got advanced math training. That's why we had so many black and Latino kids for that 20-year period. Those programs are gone. They were wiped out by the Department of Education. Today, they don't have the opportunity. Just tell me again, what was that period? What was that 20-year period? 1976 to 1994, black and Hispanic kids were a majority of Brooklyn Tech, the nation's largest high school. Wow. Because we had advanced or challenging, or rigorous, however you want to describe it, enhanced educational opportunities from the beginning of elementary school through middle school, and it included those communities. That can happen again, but what has to happen is the Department of Education has to do the very, very difficult work of turning those schools around, and that means leadership within the within the, 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 the districts. It means leadership at the schools. It means leadership in the classroom. You know, that's not going to happen simply because the Department of Education says, well, we want it this way. It also means leadership, at uh, quite honestly, at the chancellor's level. There has to be a commitment in New York City to giving every child, regardless of their race, their background, their neighborhood, the opportunity 
to do as well as they possibly can uh, from kindergarten through high school. And if we did that, we would have a system where today Brooklyn Tech would have very large numbers of black and Latino kids, not just Asian and white kids. And that's the fact. And, you know, rather than do that hard work, they'd like to scapegoat the test. And, you know, fundamentally changing the admissions process to these schools is not going to improve in any way, in any shape, what's going on in the classrooms in New York City. The New York Times, which is no friend of the test, said in an editorial that if, in fact, this this bill was passed and this program was implemented, it would require remedial instruction in the specialized high schools. You're talking about going from schools where kids are doing college-level coursework in ninth grade to some large number of kids having to do remedial coursework in the ninth grade if they're going to survive uh, at these schools. Well, th- you know, that that to me... That's bizarre. It, 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 well, it's not just bizarre... I think it's it's flat out it's it's also terrible because the one thing that when I went to Brooklyn Tech I, I mean I thought that was my my father who quite frankly was coming off of a heart attack here I was in the eighth grade and I got accepted to Brooklyn Tech and you know my father was a working stiff to working stiff who worked on the tracks for the Transit Authority I got accepted to Brooklyn Tech like that was a big deal it was a major uh-huh. accomplishment. And and I will tell you what Brooklyn Tech did for me. It taught me about the stick-to-itiveness in life, about sticking to it, and and what hard work is all about. But what would be terrible for a kid if a kid got accepted to Brooklyn Tech and then couldn't stay in because they weren't qualified? That then you're going from feeling of achievement to a feeling of failure, which. That doesn't work either. You, you know, also talking about tests with, I remember, if you remember some years back, Larry, there was a complaint that um, some college basketball coaches would complain that the the SATs were biased against African Americans. And I, I had a debate on the radio, if you remember, his name was John Chaney, the legendary basketball coach of Temple. And it, it was a friendly debate, but, you know, he was saying it, it's biased. And I and I said to him, I said, well, Coach Cheney, I went to a school called Brooklyn Tech. And he was aware of Brooklyn Tech. I said, I, well, I went to a school called Brooklyn Tech. And Brooklyn Tech, um, there was a lot of black kids. And I said, Coach Cheney, trust me when I tell you this. The brothers at Brooklyn Tech... We're all doing 12, 1,300, 1,400 on the SATs. So, you know, it's not biased if you don't do well. Sometimes it's just about what you're doing with it. And, and I think that really applies to the same situation with the New York City school system. It's failure in the middle schools. I agree with you. But l- let me ask you this, Larry, for, for the people who want to argue with us that we don't want to test. You people like you and me want to test. So, is there a solution? Do you have any suggestions that okay, let's keep the test, but there's ways. Maybe there's ways we can make it more integrated, if you will. What people are trying to do to get other kids in. Any suggestions? Well, the on first it? thing I would do. There's a number of things I would do. Um, one is I would I would devise a better test. The uh, 
I sat through the uh, assembly hearings a couple weeks ago where the Department of Education, Karenz, and some other people criticized the test because, in their opinion, it hadn't been validated as a reliable test. There is, of course, a study which shows that to be the case, but they say it's not reliable. The test is the cheapest test that the city of New York can pay for. Um, If they think there's a reason to have a better test, let's have a better test. Let's make it the best test possible. That's number one. Number two, um, in order to level the playing field so that because there's a criticism that test prep is is a mechanism that is expensive and allows certain, you know, kids and families to take advantage of it. I would have free test prep for any kid who wants to sit for it. There you go. To sit for the test. I see no reason why the city of New York shouldn't pay for test prep. These are public schools. It's a publicly financed test. You can you can publicly finance test prep. The city does some of that, but it's totally inadequate. There's only a few thousand kids in uh, in their dream program, and there's 28,000 kids who sit for the test. So they could do that. Um, we've advocated, we haven't talked about the discovery program, but it's a mechan- it's an alternative mechanism for kids getting in who just score below the cutoff scores for the exam. There are ways, in our opinion, which uh, the discovery program eligibility could be reconfigured to load more black and Latino kids than it does. We think that's appropriate. We believe in diversity. We think there is a value. We would like to see more black and Latino kids. At Brooklyn Tech, we have uh, we have about 800 of them. Believe me, I'd, we'd love to have 1,600 of them, 2,400 of them. It makes no difference to us, but we think there is a value to diversity. A number of years ago, the association started a pilot program uh, that is financed by the Alumni Foundation uh, and uh, through the generosity of National Grid, which is a company in New York that is headed up by an alum of Brooklyn Tech. And for five, six years, what we've done is we've gone to uh, middle schools in New York City, which are underrepresented in uh, in the school, which used to send us very large numbers of black and Latino kids, but no longer do because the educational opportunities in those in those areas no longer exist. Mm-hmm. But we go out, uh, we we uh, we target uh, these schools. We, you know, involve parents, guidance counselors, teachers, administrators, and we get a cohort of kids that for two years we give them a free uh, program of instruction in STEM subjects. We bring them down to the high school. We use Brooklyn Tech faculty. We get them very excited about science and technology and engineering and math. And then we give them free test prep as well. And we've had very good results with this effort. Uh, over 60% of the kids who take, sit for the test uh, from our program get an offer of admission. And over 60% of those kids who get an offer for, of admission are black and Latino. This is the only program I know of where we consider it a, a programmatic failure if we get a kid into Stuyvesant because we want them. And, uh, and, and it can be done. It's scalable. They could be doing this in every one of the specialized high schools. In fact, several years ago, we lobbied successfully for the state legislature to give the Department of Education $1.7 million to do something like this at every one of the specialized high schools. We lobbied for a a special 250 for us because we knew we already had a program. 
The Department of Education, to our knowledge, did nothing special with that money. Well, and and that's that's the problem here. They refuse to do what needs to be done. We think that that while you wait for the educational system to improve, there are mechanisms for improving diversity today, which can be significant, which can move the needle. Um, and and we're in favor of all of that. Well, Larry, I, I have to tell you, you've explained it exactly how I thought you would explain it, explain it e- even better. I, I think, um, as I've said, I believe Carranza and de Blasio are just covering up for their lack of uh, of doing a good job. But I'm sick of talking about them. I think the most important thing is is that the kids in the city are treated properly. I, I, I've maintained this all along. And, and my graduating class is now this. This is, we're talking about a 50-year reunion. T- to me, the thing about the, the Brooklyn Tech and Bronx Science and Stuyvesant, those schools, to me it's even better that, 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 than the well-to-do private schools because Brooklyn Tech gives you something that those schools don't have. It, it gives you kids from, you know, they don't look alike. They come, they don't come from money, you know, or, or if any of them do, very few. I, I just think they're wonderful schools, wonderful teaching institutions, and uh, I, I think we need people like you to, to keep up the fight. I'll, I'll do whatever I can because uh, they must continue to be the great uh, educational institutions that they are. Larry Carey, can't thank you enough. My friend, hope to do it again. Okay, thank you very much. All Pleasure. right. Thank you, Larry. That was Larry Carey, the uh, president of the Brooklyn Tech Alumni Association. And l- like I say, Carranza and de Blasio, they're the east side of a horse going west. They're, they're just dumbos. Be- besides, Carranza has his own problems now, the imbecile. He's got... Uh, some educators or people who've been pushed out of their system, uh, their um, their jobs, top staffers, white staffers are suing for racial bias. So um, uh, we'll see what happens with that. But, you know, with no no pun intended, when Carranza calls people racist, that's the pot calling the kettle black. Anyway, folks, that is a wrap on today. I want to thank all of you for getting a load of this. Now I'd like to get a load of you. Let me know your thoughts on this podcast. You can let me know on Twitter at Russ Salzberg, on Facebook. You can always visit my website, russsalzberg.com. My thanks to the big man, as always, who takes good care of me, Crash, a.k.a. Mike Caragliano, across the way, Tim Einickel, uh, uh OG Podcast Network producer, Chris Rudsky, head of the OG Podcast, Craig Schwab, 77 WABC Program Director, Matt Dahl, assistant, 77 WABC program director does a great job and last but certainly not least you guys and gals out there because without you guys and gals I'd have nobody here to be talking to so until next time it is I Russ Salzberg saying to all of you bye bye so long and farewell have a great week
Welcome to another round of Drawing Board or Miro Board. Today we discuss technical diagramming with systems architect Maya. Let's go. First question. You've spent 10 hours slogging over a sequence diagram that should have taken five. Drawing Board or Miro Board? Drawing Board. And if I'm being honest, Miro would probably cut that time down by half. You know, with its AI tools and ready-to-go templates. Next, your diagrams become so bulky, it's more complex than the solar system. But all it takes is a few clicks and... It's Miro. I've used those technical shape packs way too many times, and stuff is just digestible on its infinite online canvas. Now, the final question. Everyone's brought in, but you have to make all these tasks all the way over in Jira. But wait, it's done. Is it Miro? Easy with its two-way Jira sync. Easy to plot dependencies. Everyone always knows what's up. And she's done it. Join over 60 million people creating technical diagrams without workflow glitches. Get your first three boards for free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.